Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I want to welcome you to Moore's Ark, where you all know that's where God dwells, where Jesus reigns, the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. Good morning to you. Today is June 18th. The day before we celebrate Juneteenth, which is June the 19th, I'm so excited. I I am excited, excited, excited about the momentum that I am seeing in our community, within our culture, and our race, our ethnicity. We are embracing our blackness, and I love it. I love it. I got to figure out what I'm going to do. Uh, for the Juneteenth celebration, but nonetheless, I wanted to come here and speak to you from my heart. Wanted to speak from my heart. I thank God for the opportunity uh, to be blessed in your presence. I thank God for just raising me up this morning and putting an urgency on my heart to come and to embrace you and love and through the love of God by way of the agape. That's unconditional love. I love you. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Oh, how I love you. Man, well, let's get to it. I'm going to talk today about some challenges that we have as we continue to endeavor to be the men and women of God that he has called us to be, and the enemy attempts to attack, (laughs) tear down, and destroy what God is attempting to build up in us. And mainly, I want to focus on the family today. I want to focus on the family. Uh, My family and I, we had... um, a challenge. <laughs> I'm going to call it a challenge, an opportunity, an attack from the enemy on last uh, weekend. And, you know, I was I was thinking about doing another podcast and I said, well, what should I speak about? And usually I try to be um, discreet about the challenges that we go through. And the Holy Spirit said, no, uh-uh. Even in the midst of your challenging time, you got to trust me enough to know that I would not have allowed you to endure this pain if it was not for the process of helping and ministering to others. So even in the midst of it, I'm not on the other side yet, (laughs) but I want to encourage you while I encourage myself. So today, we're going to focus on the family. Got a few things I want to talk about. But before we go there, I just want to uh, start out with prayer. Father God, we welcome you. We invite you into uh, this podcast this morning, Lord God. And Father, I thank you for the assignment that you have given me, Lord Jesus. Father, allow my flesh to decrease that the Holy Spirit will increase and take full reign over this podcast, Lord God. I know that there are those who are listening, Lord Jesus, who need to hear a word from you, a rhema word, a word, Lord God, that will help to change, to bring tangible change into their lives. Father, we trust you, God. Oh, we are not all-knowing. We don't know the situation from the end to the beginning, but Father, we know that you are omniscient. You are omnipresent. 
present. You are there, Lord God, before we even enter into the circumstance. So therefore, Lord God, we trust you. We trust you. We don't come before your throne through our own vain glory. Lord God, we come because you have proven yourself. You have proven time and time again, Lord God, that you are intimately involved in each and every one of our lives and that if we ask anything in your name, it shall be done. Father God, you have proven, Lord Jesus, that you will not leave us, nor will you ever forsake us. Lord God, we thank you now. We thank you that in our time of need, Lord Jesus, that you will come, Lord God, and just speak a word. Speak a word to our circumstance because, God, we know that just one word, (laughs) one word from the Lord can turn it all around. No matter how broken it seems, no matter how shattered it seems, Lord God, we know that you can restore. We know, Lord God, that you can take even the pieces, the broken pieces, the shattered pieces, and bring it all together. For your word says that all things work together for the uh, good of those who love the Lord. And we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And also, Lord God, I'm standing on your word that when the enemy comes in like a storm, you're like a flood, Lord God, you're going to raise a standard against them. You're going to raise a standard against them. And, that, and what I was thinking in my mind is that when the storm comes, when the storm comes, help us to be reminded Lord God, that you are right there with us. And Father God, help us to navigate our way through these valley experiences, Lord God, that we will help others, Lord Jesus, to trust and believe on you. Now, Father God, I'm asking that you will look on relationships all across this land. Father God, throughout our family, Lord God, and Father, begin to restore broken and shattered relationships, mothers and fathers together, Lord God, sons and daughters, Lord God, nieces and nephews, Lord Jesus, aunts and uncles, Lord God. Oh, Father God, grandparents, Lord Jesus, great-grandparents, Lord God, Oh, Father God, continue extended family members, Lord Jesus, in-laws, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, for reconciliation, restoration, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will work on the minds of those, Lord God, who are rebelling against your will and your way. Father God, bring them under the submission of your Holy Spirit. Let them know you through the parting of their sins. I pray for every child, every child, Lord God. Oh, Father God, I pray right now, Lord God, and I'm talking about our adult children as well as our children, Lord Jesus, that you will cover, shield, and protect them, that even as they are in a season of indecision, that you will yet protect them, cover them, that no hurt, harm, or danger shall come upon them. Oh, Father God, don't let them steer too far outside of your will, Lord Jesus. I pray now that you will draw them unto you, draw them back, Lord God. Oh, Father God, I thank you now. I celebrate you now in the precious and holy name of Jesus, I pray. Thank God and amen. All right. All right. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to get right to it. We're going to get right to it. Just know that on this morning, I am going to trust in the Lord and I will not lean to my own understanding because when I tell you, when I tell you, when I tell you, 
what I am facing on this day makes no sense, makes no sense. But just like Job said, I, even when I cannot trace you, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I am going to trust you. And just like the three Hebrew boys, I'm going to trust God to bring me out. You can throw me in that lion's den. You can try to burn me from the head down to the soles of my feet. But guess what? I serve a God who can bring me out. And even if he don't, I know he can. So I am trusting God. And yay. (laughs) Oh, my God, my God. I feel the Holy Ghost now. I feel the Holy Spirit. My God, my God. Yea, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I shall fear no evil. I shall fear no evil because I know that my God is right here with me, right here with me. My mind is just a little bit distracted this morning. Uh, And like I alluded to in my introduction, I just came under such heavy heavy attack, just kind of out of nowhere. And it kind of knocked me off my feet. Y'all know I don't have no problem sharing my vulnerabilities and and my imperfect uh, imperfections, my perfect imperfections, because, you know, I'm human. I am human. And as we continue along the path of doing what God has called us to do, the enemy will come in. He will come in and he will attempt to attack. And he got me so last week, boy, I tell you, I thought that, um, you know, I, 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 I really thought that it was over. It was over. It was over. And, and when I say it was over, I mean that I was defeated in that circumstance. But you know what? God had to come and tap me on my shoulder and say, not yet. <laughs> not yet. You got a little bit more fight in you. I feel like David on this morning when he talked to Goliath, he said, you filthy Philistine. Who do you think you are? You uncircumcised Philistine as if to say, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you try to attack me? Do you know who I am? So let's get into it. I wanted to talk about parenting this morning. Uh, My family, we are going through a transition. What my daddy used to call uh, back in the day, growing pains, growing pains. And, And he and my mom, you know, my mom and my dad, of course, had to go through it with us as we shift from uh, parenting our children as children to parenting our children as adults. Uh, it's, it's, it's a totally different dynamic. Uh, and people oftentimes say, well, uh, there's no instruction guide. There's no manual that comes to help us uh, in, in, in rearing children. But I would, I would debate that. I would debate that and say there there is, there is, there is, and it is the word of God. God has given us instruction. He's given us instruction and 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 uh, we just have to seek his word in his word and we have to follow the principles of God. And um it was a challenge for me, but I know somebody's gonna get 
uh, set free and, and, and we're going to see breakthrough. But it was a challenge for me to use a situation that is so raw, that is so present in my life and to speak to it and to find uh, uh, what God is trying to say to us through and in the midst of it all in the midst of it all but we have to continue to power through and continue to trust God um on last weekend uh, I I had a lot of traffic in my house I had a lot of traffic and I I love to entertain I I am I say oftentimes I'm an extroverted introvert because I love to serve people and I love to have people around um but I'm I'm not the type that you know I I like a whole lot of um, attention, so so I'm I'm the one that I'll have an event or people over, but I'll be the one I go upstairs in my room or or find me a little quiet place after I've served everybody. But that's just how I am. But I love, 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 love people. So we had multiple things going on. My God, let me let me run you down the list. My baby, uh, Mary, she decided that she wanted to uh she wanted to get her, her girl cousins together, the, the younger cousins. Um, you know, there's a there's a gap in the family and, and you all know, uh, you know, we don't get together like we used to we don't spend the night and you know and part of it for my family unit is because my children are older you know they're they're adults now you know and I've had some challenges in the past you know where I felt well I'm not gonna go into that that ain't what we talk about (laughs) but anyway uh she decided she wanted to get the um the babies the the younger uh girl uh cousins because she wants to make that connection so she got her sisters together and they came up with the plan they were gonna do nails and makeup and you know just beautify the girls and everything and um and have a girls night so that was one event then every Saturday uh we started doing just a small little quaint uh bible study in the house and I, you know, have people over and, and we just go through the word of God and help each other grow spiritually. And, and eventually we're going to extend that uh, beyond just us, because I believe, I really, truly believe, especially in this season, there is a true focus on the family and God wants us to grow together. He wants us to grow towards him and he wants us to grow towards one another, but he wants us to grow together. All right. So we had that. So we got the, the girls night that was this going to be a sleepover. And then we got the Bible study and um, my brother-in-law's niece wanted to do some interviews. Uh, she's, uh, uh, she works for uh, the Community Action Agency. Yes, the Community Action Agency. And she wanted to interview us because uh, myself, my husband, and, and my daughter, Sierra, uh, participated. But she wanted to interview us because we were in IT. So we welcomed her over to the house. So that was the third thing we had going on. 
And and last but not least, by any means, um, we had uh, my son, who is an ex-Marine. We had one of his uh, Marine buddies who was coming into town uh, with his wife. So we, we had them over to the house, and I, I hosted a dinner uh, for them. So we got all this stuff going on. And, and again, like I told y'all, I'm, I'm the extroverted introvert. So too much uh, exposure to a lot of people, even if it's, you know, people I'm comfortable with, it will drain me. It'll drain me that, you know. But anyway, so we, we had a lot going on at that time. And uh, you all are aware that on this day, and again, we're June 18, 2020. It's a lot going on. There's so much civil unrest and, and you know, with the coronavirus and, you know, our world is just changing. So there's a lot of change. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of things that's going on. Uh, but this particular weekend, so we're doing all of these things and uh, the kids came over and they they're doing things that I didn't necessarily agree with. You know, they decide they want to take some shots and, you know, drink a little bit. So you all know where we're going with it, right? Especially those who got the Courtney blood in them. <laughs> you know, Courtney and Sanders, I'm, I'm just going to say that that mix is potent. Uh, so we, we get into um, the night further into the night and conversations got heated, you know, around Black Lives Matter. And and let me just say, you've got every end of the spectrum, with the exception, we we didn't have uh, the the Caucasian perspective, right? Well, we did. Hold on. We we had every end. We had every end. (laughs) We had every end of the spectrum represented uh, in in this conversation, which, by the way, I wasn't uh, a part of it when it it initiated, uh, but I walked into something. I didn't even know what I was walking into. But anyway, nonetheless, you got every end of the spectrum uh, having a conversation that if, if alcohol or other things wasn't involved, it may have gone a little different. But as you guys know, and I ain't going to bore you with all the details, and some of y'all want to sip some tea and get some juicy stuff, but I ain't going to give it to you. But nonetheless, things got out of control and out of hand, and I mean out of control and out of hand, you know, and um, it left me uh, just a little bit winded spiritually uh, and and knocked me down, you know, real heavy. <laughs> but uh, after a couple of days of reflection and, and what really did it for me yesterday, my mama called me. <laughs> I don't know why this lady called me. I almost think one of my siblings, which I said none of them knew what was going on, but, but she called me, and she does that. My mother always, always does that. She calls me at the right time, at the right time. You know, sometimes you just need to be able to to just release. And, and, and what's funny about the matter is that even though our family had gone through that, and, and I'm telling you this just just consider a bunch of drunk folk. I'm just going to put it on out there. <laughs> Having a, you know, whatever. And I'm, I'm 
maybe I want to use that as the excuse, but it was, it was some things that we're going to have to deal with eventually as a family, you know, and we're going to talk about it through this session today because I want the enemy to know that you ain't did nothing. You ain't did nothing because see, you mess with the wrong family. If you thought that you were going to come as devastating a blow as you brought, as devastating an attack as you brought against this family, you're not going to tear us apart. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. It's not going to happen. What it what it will do is work together for our good. See, you meant it for bad, but God is going to turn it into our good. My baby told me, my daughter, the other day, she said, Ma, I feel like this had to happen. She said, because it allowed these things to be purged. You know, it's, it's some underlying stuff that we struggle with and our family, some dysfunctions that have carried from generation to generation that we just keep sweeping under the rug, keep sweeping it under the rug. But when I tell you what happened in my home on Saturday, well, I'm sorry, Sunday morning, <laughs> that thing right there brought it to the forefront and it brought it to the surface and we got to deal with it. We got to deal with it. So as we deal with it, I'm going to walk this journey out with y'all. I'm going to walk it out full transparency because God, I declare this day, God is going to turn this situation around so that we will be uh classified, identified, certified as the men and women that God has called for this time, for this season, that we will stand upright and righteous before him and be the example of the family that he intended us to be. Now, I speak that. (laughs) I prophesy into our own lives. All right. But anyway, my baby said that, but my mom happened to call me and I've I've been just battling. When I tell y'all, I cried for days and, and you know, got into my little woe is me and how could they and, you know, even with my husband, I told him, I said, look, we need to get them papers because <laughs> this ain't, this ain't it, you know, and um, I was, I even got to a point, I said, I ain't going to cry, they not going to make me cry. You know, and uh, I just continued to to try to hold up that facade, you know. But I'm human. I'm human. Things things do affect you and impact you. But when my mother called, and see, my mom has a tendency, and and like I said, I I don't know if she knew something was wrong or what, but she has a tendency. She called and she talk around stuff, but she know how to get to the you know. Uh, to the middle of a tussie pop, okay? So she she talks around it. But when we got to talking about it, boy, I tell you, those tears got to streaming and, you know, just my emotions and everything. But it was it was it was good to get it out. Uh and and she has a way of, of doing that. You know, sometimes you still need your mama. I want y'all to hear me. Those who listening Listen to me. You still not not go fix it. You think that you can be without it. You think you can live without it. You still need your mother. There's something about that bond and that relationship. And some some relationships with with mom is 
you know, some mothers are toxic. Some fathers are toxic. You know, sometimes you deal with narcissists, you know, in, in, in your life. But in the uh, whole of, of, of the relationship or the family relationship, you need your mother. So if it is within your ability, go fix it. Go fix it. Go fix it. Uh, I, I, uh, right after it happened, I think the day after, I had talked to one of my sisters, and you know, she and I, we were talking, and and I always find comfort in my older sisters. I I, I just it's it's a matter of fact that uh, I come from a family of twelve, and I am the fourth oldest of of twelve, and my relationship with my older sisters is different than my relationship with my younger siblings, and and it's probably the way that we were reared. But I always depend on them for a, a sense of comfort, protection, you know, and I, and, and I always see myself as the protector and comforter of the younger ones. So whenever I get an opportunity, it doesn't matter where my relationship is with my sisters, whether it's strained or not. But whenever I'm going through something, that they just speak a word, I'm telling you. And, and it just, it, it reminds me of who I am, who we are, who we've been bred as, you know. And it helps me to get over the hump. And I thank God for my sister because uh, as we were talking through it, uh, you know, she just was encouraging me and, and helped me get over the hump. And, and, you know, and like I said, a couple of days later, God sent my mother and it just, it, it broke something, right? It, it, it broke something. Um, so I was able to even be able to come here and talk to you all today, to talk to you all today. We, we're going to have challenges. Nobody is perfect. I remember once uh, somebody uh, was sharing some stuff with me about me and about my family, and they thought I was going to be embarrassed. I said, I don't get embarrassed. I'm too I'm too simple-minded to be embarrassed. I don't be embarrassed about things or situations. It just is what it is. We are human. We are human. So, you know, we're imperfect. So situations are going to happen. Um but, and I, I don't know where I was going with that, but my mother called me, my sister encouraged me, my mother encouraged me, and, and, and again, you know, I got some of that Detroit juice in me. <laughs> so something said, girl, you are not what happened to you. You are not what the enemy attempted to do to you. You better get up. You better get up. You better get up. And fight, 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 fight for your family, fight for your children. You know, don't allow what the enemy has done to give you a callous heart towards your family. And I, my, uh, my sister-in-law, who is my sister, you know, she and I talk a lot. And, and she was one of the first people I actually called after this situation happened because we, you know, we just like that. We just like that. And uh, and she instantly, instantly, because we still had the babies over from, from the sleepover. She said, I'm coming. I'm coming to get them. She said, you nope, uh-uh, you don't need to be dealing with that right now. I'm coming to get them. And, uh, you know, she just, it's, it's, I, I thank God for putting her in my life for, you know, just, just being able to have 
that support system and knowing that I got a sister. I got a sister, you know, who will be there for me no matter what. And she reminded me of who God was and how I fought for my family all of these years. All of these years fought to hold the family together. See, sometimes you just need somebody to remind you of what you have invested into something <laughs> before you're ready to throw it away. Before you're ready to just throw it away because when I tell you my hands were washed with this family, it any any of them, you know, Sanders, sis, sis, sis. <laughs> I love my family, but I was I was done with them. White glove, wipe your hands, no residue, no, you know, nothing. Just wipe them, erase them, you know, and that's where I was at because my heart was so broken. But God said, no, no, no. In the midst of your struggles. Because, see, the enemy wants to, and I ain't even got into what I want to talk about, but the enemy wants to strain relationships. He wants you to be estranged from your family because he knows the promises of God. He knows the plan and the purpose that God has on the lives of the people that he has placed along your path, and especially your children especially your children. God has called each and every one of my children to a place of kingdom representation and ministry. And ministry, whether that ministry is, you know, in the marketplace or in the pulpit or in the pews, there's there's a calling on their lives. And what the enemy wants to do, because he knows how great how great the anointing, the mantle is on their lives. He, he wants to cut that off at the, at the knees. He wants to cut it off. He wants us to feel like we hate one another. He wants us to feel like we want to hurt one another. And that is in total contrast to what God desires for us. We love each other. We are a loving, 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 loving family. And let me say this and be very, very clear for all of you who are listening and who are under the sound of my voice. You think you can run from the call that God has placed on your life. Keep thinking the only place that you will not be able to fulfill. And and as it came out my mouth, (laughs) as it came out my mouth, the Holy Spirit said, that's a lie. I was going to say the only place you're not going to be able to fulfill that call is in hell. But that's a lie because you're going to be you're going to be spreading the gospel in hell. But it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late. But as long as you have breath in your body and you are on this side of heaven and you are above the earth. And when I say the earth above the dirt, above the ground, you have an opportunity to answer the call that God has on your life. And we do not have the luxury of living how we want to live. And when I say luxury, it's really a detriment. It's really a detriment. We have to live by the principles, the precepts of God. We can't decide on our own what we want to do, when we want to do it, and how we want to do it. God put this world together because he's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to be the bridge to help to guide us. 
<laughs> my son, when we were getting into the altercation, he kept saying, y'all ain't gangster. Y'all ain't gangster. <laughs> and like, and I'm laughing now because, like I said, I, I, I think he was just, I, I'm just going to put that in the back of my mind. He, he just had a little too many, you know, whatever he did that day, him and, and, and the other ones. Uh, but he kept saying that. And I'm thinking to myself, gangster. I, you know, now I'm I'm a little tough. I I, I talk tough. I'm I'm telling you, I talk real tough. But my heart would never allow me, you know, to to harm, especially someone that I love, someone that I love. But when I tell you who the true gangster is, who the true gangster, see, you can't get jumped into this thing. But I tell you one thing: once he has his hooks in you. Once God has uh, identified you and classified you as his own, baby, you ain't getting out. Now, that's the gangster. That's the gangster. <laughs> oh, y'all, bear with me. Bear with me because I got to do what God has called me to do. This is my assignment for the day, and I got to get through it. All right, so... Uh, what was I saying before I got into that? I get a little sidetracked. I always do. But I just trust God that because he created the institution of family, he created the structure of family, the hierarchy of family, he designed it. As the head architecture of this world, he designed family in a way that works. He designed it in a way that works. So we got to get back to what we know. We got to get back to it. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's the head. That's the head. The husband, he's the leader. He's the head, then the mother. The husband is there to protect and provide and to pray and cover his family. The mother is there to nurture and to love, to encourage the family. And then the children. That hierarchy is never going to change. God is a God of structure. He is a God of order. And not the same way that we keep hearing this president talking about law and order. No, uh-uh. 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 God is a God of order. And if we submit ourselves to the order of God, see, anytime we go against the grain of God's principles and precepts, we find ourselves in trouble. I was reflecting on how, 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 how could this happen to me? Much as I love my kids, much as I love my family, how could this happen to me? And God showed me, I haven't, I have not been interceding and praying and, and getting into his presence concerning my children like I used to. Haven't been praying. And and the funny thing about it, when I sat down and was talking to my mama, she had to remind me of some things. Y'all got to know this lady. Y'all got to know her. She She's very subtle, but she's extremely wise. She's, she's, she's extremely wise. She's been through a lot of things. She, she's experienced a lot. 
he's experienced a lot. But some of what I experienced on what day was that? Let me see. I gotta, I gotta say the day right. On uh, June thirteenth, fourteenth, twenty twenty. Some of that was reaping what I had sown. Now, I had a healthy fear, maybe an unhealthy fear, of my daddy growing up. You know, even my parents, you know, we went through so much. We went through so much. But I was a, I was a force to be reckoned with as, as a teenager, as a teenager. And I always pride myself when I look at my kids now, I'm like, well, by the time I got to y'all age, you know, I, I wasn't disrespecting my parents like that. You know, I, I may have every every once and again, but I, I probably can't even count on my hands how many times, you know, in my 20s, mid to late 20s that I disrespected my parents because, you know, as a teenager, I did a lot of that. And, and partially because I wasn't around them as much. I had moved here to Ohio, so the engagements were different. You know, we, we were happy to see each other and happy, you know, to see me coming and happy to see me going, you know, things like that. But when I always reflect back on that season of my life, I'm like, well, what, what is it that my kids don't get? And I know it just ain't a generational thing. But anyway, my mother helped to remind me. And as I heard her speak of her experience with her children, and I could pinpoint a lot of the similarities, it, it wasn't necessarily her experience with me. It wasn't her experience or, or our journey together, but some of her experiences with uh, her children. When I started to connect the dots, I said, whoa, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I listened to her perspective, like I said, she, she gave me a shield of honor or armor, rather. She gave me a shield of armor that... I didn't have before I talked to her because she put it all the way in perspective. <laughs> you know, good, bad, or indifferent. This this is this is the order. This is the way. You know, and it's something that she raised us uh uh in, you know, irrespective of anything. You know, we we honor our parents and we honor our children, you know. But anyway, the point for me bringing that up is that I could see and I could relate to her situation. But even some of the things that she was sharing with me, being on the outside looking in, having a relationship that I would say was either neutral or leaning more towards her because as my mother, my loyalty has always been, you know, with her versus, you know, my siblings, you know, and, and, and so leaning more towards her perspective, I still thought through, you know, some of the scenarios and was like, eh, it's interesting that she saw it that way. It's, 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 it's very interesting that, that she has that perspective of that specific circumstance. Not that, you know, I was judging or I was uh, countering or, or debating or anything like that in my mind. It was just, I never, ever understood how she felt. And at some point, she went from being my mother 
to being a mother, to being a woman, to being somebody who had walked through a journey and a path that now I see my footsteps going through. Somebody who looked back and, you know, now in, in her uh, uh, latter years, she's, she's reflecting, she's looking back, and she's seeing me go through some of those growing pains that she had to endure as her children crossed over into adulthood. And I took to her all of the advice that she was giving me, all of it, all of it. But we have to remember that there is a way of doing things. There's a right way. And guess what? If there's a right way, then too, there is a wrong way. And there's just a way. (laughs) It ain't right. It ain't wrong. It's just a way. But if you knew like I knew, excuse me, you would follow the principles of God and you would follow what God calls us to do and calls us to be because guess what? Like I tell y'all, I've told my kids many times, you can do anything that you big enough, bad enough, and capable of doing. But one thing you will not do is decide the consequences of your actions because somebody else is always going to do that. It's already decided. The wages of sin is death. Real simple. Real simple. You go out, you commit a crime, you got to pay the time. God has blessed us with eternal life. But that comes with our submission and self. It comes with salvation. It comes with our submission to God. Surrender. You go out here, you make babies, you got to take care of them. Get into a covenant agreement, a business agreement, you got to honor it. Telling you, it's it's some stuff that you can do because you're capable of doing it. But you got to pay the consequences for your actions. We see it today. We see it today. All this civil unrest, I ain't even going to get into it because I ain't got time. I, I came here to talk about one thing. But all this civil un- unrest is, is reaping what has been sown. All right? So let me stop rambling on and, and get into what I came to talk about. I love y'all. Walk with me. It's 
so what do you do? What what do you do in in the midst of the pain? In in the midst of the mess, when the unexpected happened, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do when and I I can't remember if this was a part of our Bible study, but we talked about how things can be going so perfect and then bam, wham, something crazy happens. What do you do? Sometimes we, we kind of push our emotions and our um, feelings back behind the shield of, oh, it's purpose in this pain. Is, is ministry in my mess or a message in my mess? All of these colloquial things that we say to get ourselves over the hump. But what do you actually do beyond the words, the rhetoric, the, the, the nice to hear? How do you get to a tangible resolute resolve of faith how can you trust God when everything around you is falling apart those those are the questions that I actually began to ask myself I can't preach a gospel that I cannot live I can't tell a lie. This is, you know, to to sell something that I don't believe in. This is why I've never gone into sales. I'm not a salesperson. I cannot be in a, I can't even do account management. (laughs) Because I cannot sell you a product that I don't believe in. So how then, as a mother, going through my experience, can I trust God? Because the the truth of the matter is what I realized was that this situation of living life on the side of righteousness is harder and it was harder than I imagined. And this ought to be a lesson that I learned and received early in my walk with Christ, but it was something that reared his head, like I said, over the weekend that I had to re-evaluate. Re-evaluate. I, I, at some point, I know just through experience that things just don't go on the straight and narrow, but, but can you believe that when you are living life, <laughs> You forget that one fact, that everything is not going to be dotting all your I's and crossing your T's and straight and narrow, black and white, everything going in a, in a smooth line. Sometimes you have to deal with and endure, you know, that rugged path. And when you're going through it, it's hard to recognize and understand that it's not going to always be smooth. You know, because if I'm if I'm honest, my thoughts were, 
Now, wait a minute. I'm doing everything I know God wants me to do. Tithing, giving, ministering. I didn't even get back into ministering and coaching. Started up this Bible study, Lord, like you told me to do all these things. And here my family is hit with this heavy, heavy attack. You you could not have two, three weeks ago, you if if you would have told me that I would be sitting here having had the experience that I had, I would have told you that you lost your mind. I had to start toiling with the fact that my family life is is just harder than I envisioned. It's harder because I'm thinking, Lord, if I do everything, if I hold up my end of the bargain, then you're going to, my kids are going to line up. Everything is going to fall in place. My husband is going to love me the way that he does. But it <laughs> just didn't work that way. Not only, not only did it not work that way, the demands of having my children and, and nurturing and continuing to build a relationship with them began to take a toll on my marriage. It, it seemed like too much to bear. And y'all know I, I, I'll be the first one to tell you that lie that the enemy wants you to believe that God won't put more on you than that which you can bear. That's a lie. He, he allows us to get a lot put on us because he wants to be the burden bearer. But I ain't going to get into that. But here I am. I done started this new job and... I'm three months into it, and if y'all listened to my last podcast, we had a little, you know, shake up. The head guy over the program who was running the program left, went to another uh, part of the organization. So those fears set in, oh my God. Whenever that happens, that means that the the project is going to be dismantled and, you know, I'm not going to have a job. So I'm dealing with all of this. Trying to juggle my fears. Balance my faith. Increase my faith in that situation. Manage my relationship with my children. And continue to try to piece together some semblance of a a marriage. It had me feeling isolated. And to be honest, I really, really, truly just just wanted to take a break. Already. Already. Before that situation even occurred. I wanted to take a break. But what I had to really just acknowledge is that just the further we get into life, 
the more our expectations that we put on what life is going to return, the more that it is going to bring tension or contrast to actuality and reality. Does, does that make sense? The more we, we continue to walk along the path of life, the more we realize as we mature, as we grow, you know, we have expectations. <laughs> and God shows us again and again that reality just don't, it, it, it's not going to line up and we get anxiety because we cannot control there's a fear that the harder things get around us the worse circumstances are going to be so we become discontent discontented And that discontentment causes us to lose our faith. One of the things that I had to challenge myself to, and and really without a lot of thought, God just dropped it right before me because sometimes when you're going through something, you feel like you're the only one. You feel like you're the only one, the only one who, you know, is struggling in your marriage that you worked so hard to hold together and now you ready to let it go. Struggling with your children that you dedicated your entire life to. And and what's funny, I'm thinking about a conversation I had with my nephew, uh, Donovan, when he came, they came to drop their kids off. And he was saying, you know, you have become, and, and, and this is how I interpreted what he said, but what he was saying was that you have become a mother and lost your identity. So in other words, I invested so much into raising my children and, and, and my marriage that I forgot who I was. Not only did I forget, my I was so underdeveloped when I became a mother and a wife. I didn't, I never defined. I never knew or established who I was. And so as the conversation went on, we were just talking about the work that has to go into. It has to be a deliberate act of learning you. Understanding who you are. So when when we get frustrated, when we're going through these situations, when we get peppered with just the 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 drama and and the you know the disdain of life, we have to know that God is right there with us. We have to know that no matter what we're feeling, no matter what we're going through, I told y'all, when I when I start going through a challenge, I am the one 
that will back up. I'll back all the way up. I'll get real quiet. Sometimes I won't even, you know, be able to pray because it's become such a habit for me. And the enemy know, you know, somebody, sometimes when you study your opponent, he know. But this time I'm coming out guns blazing because, see, the enemy wants us to get to a point where we get so focused on the situation in the flesh that we don't understand what's going on spiritually. He he wanted me to cut my family off. Baby, when I tell you, I was looking at California, didn't look too good. I said, by the time I get 10 years into it, California probably ain't going to be there. So then I looked on down to Texas. I said, I don't know. Texas, they, they be having too many weather issues. And then Florida. And I went to Florida a couple of times, and, and them big bugs, I just, I don't know. I can't deal with them. Then I started thinking about Kansas City and Iowa. I'm, when I tell y'all my mind was going there, because I said, these jokers, they going to see. <laughs> you, you might feel like you don't need me. I was watching this guy um, talking to, there was a forum that they were having. And uh, it was it was some minorities. It was, of course, an African American, a couple of Asians, Hispanic, a couple of white guys, and I think it was two African Americans. And and they were talking about race relations. I think it was a forum that happened maybe ten years ago. It said ten years ago, but I was looking at their clothes, and I'm thinking it might have been longer than ten years. But anyway. They were trying to relate to one another's perspective and trying to educate and help the other understand theirs so that they could create some type of solution of change. But at some point in the conversation, the black guy had an outburst. Because he was trying to get the the white guy to understand that when he identifies as a white person, he equates that to being a human. But as a race, when they look at all other races, there's a delineation. They, they delineate between white, black, Hispanic, all of the others. So so if you equate humanity to white, but you delineate white from other, then that means that we're subhuman. So this is a psychological thing that you're living out in your everyday. So anyway, the guy had gotten frustrated. <laughs> he just blurted out. I'm sick of this. And he used some explicit, uh, you know, expletives and, you know, was just 
cuss at his stuff. He said, I'm sick of this. You know, he got so frustrated with the guy because they just could not have a meeting of the minds, a mind merge. But he said, you think you don't need me. But I'm here to tell you, you do. In so many words. And, and I'm telling you, when that guy said that, I said, ooh. My husband and my kids, they some racist against mamas. <laughs> they some mama is. I was going to come up with a with a term for that ism. Because it hit me in such a way that because this man had experienced such a blatant disregard for him as an equal that equality and justice that we talk about that can't necessarily be tangibly articulated. You know, it it means something different to everybody. But in that moment when he just, I mean, he could not, he blew his top. He couldn't help it. And I'm talking about this was a a very intellectual man. He was very articulate. And I appreciated listening to him because you know, it was just, it, it was, it was calm, it was articulate, but it was direct. You know, he wasn't sugarcoating anything. But when he just burst out and you could, you could just feel the oppression, you could just feel the frustration, you could feel the anger. But at the same time, it was an element of, I don't want to say reverence or love, because that, that's not really the word, but it was, it was almost like, why would you care so much if 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 you didn't want to be a part? You you understand what I'm saying? It was it was something that he that level of passion that was demonstrated it shows that you want to be a part of this systemic system that was created that won't open the door that won't let you in. You know, but anyway, uh, that that piece right there, it made me wonder if I need to identify, put a put a little white hood on on my husband and my kids and call them the KKK. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh boy! But I could really, really relate to that. But when we go through difficult times with our family we we cannot throw them away we can't we cannot throw the family away that is not what God desires he wants us to dig a little bit deeper he wants us to dig beyond what's easy and like I said right right following this situation my husband and I both we were like come on let's 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 do these papers And then we got to that. Neither one of us want to be the first (laughs) to say goodbye, you know. But we had a we had a very rational conversation about where do we go from here? What do we do? Because we done bottomed out. We have bottomed out our family. We are a very loving tight-knit family and and just like any other family we have our dysfunction you know but we've never been a family that fight each other 
Now, me and my husband, now we done had some knockdown, drag out, I mean, some boogers. And I'm talking about that's me and him. But but when it comes to our children or, you know, with each other and all of that, no, we, we're not that type of family. So when this mess happened, you know, he and I both, we looking at each other like, <laughs> when, when you going and where I'm going, because <laughs> this ain't, this ain't working. And what we resolved to is that neither of us were willing to continue in the relationship as it is. And I was a little bit more frustrated because I was like, uh, <laughs> what? How are you going to feel some kind of way? But anyway, these your kids got your last name. And not only that, y'all done did this to me. <laughs> but I had to back up. And as we were talking through what our next steps were going to be, and my, my husband may still be in a space. I'm, I'm just saying I progressed a little a little bit further. Because when you trace back through the years and you look at how many, what you call them, landmines we've avoided, avoided, averted, and some of them we done stepped on, (laughs) you know, we're just so broken and the relationship is broken. And I, I personally, I personally, one of one of the strands that has been holding my marriage together for all of these years is is the simple fact that I married him. I made a commitment before God. And I can't prove that he cheated. <laughs> one, of, one of my cousins, uh, one time we were talking about me and my husband's relationship. And she made a comment. She said, y'all just too lazy to to end it, you know. And she was joking, but, you know, I I was like, yeah, you, you might be right. But this situation was a true test of, hey, because when, when I'm done, Cause I feel like I've been the glue, you know, to hold it together and, and by whatever strands we got left. But baby, when I tell you I was done, 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 but God said, no, you don't, you don't throw your family away. And it, it meant something to me when my sister said to me, my sister who is my sister-in-law, but I call her my sister. But when she said, you fought so hard. To hold your family together. And I'm talking about I was in the most vulnerable state. When I heard those words, 
but you don't throw I, what did my son talk about you ain't gangster try me <laughs> try me and I said boy if I was going to try you I'd have tried you in my womb <laughs> you know but now that they're here you cannot, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you from my heart and as instruction from God, you cannot, you, mother, you, father, you cannot throw them away. At the end of the day, our children are the sum product of what has been put in them. Whether we put it in them, whether the world put it in them. They are a product of their environment. They're a product of what has been placed in them. My grandbaby, uh, Kaylin, and I miss my little booger. My baby. She loves watching that um Powerpuff Girls, and at the beginning of it, you you ought to see that child. I don't care what she doing. She could she could be distracted doing something else, but when she when she hear that little boom boom, the beginning of that um, intro, when they start uh, talking about Professor X or whatever his name is, and they talk about the ingredients, sugar and spice. And everything nice. And oh, a special ingredient. Chemical X. <laughs> that girl stands to attention. She she used to get so excited, jump around, and, and, and you know, you couldn't understand what she was saying, but we knew she loved it. But but we are the product, our children are the product. We put in that sugar and spice and everything nice. It's that chemical X <laughs> that met me in the morning on June 14th. It was that chemical X. All the years of my children seeing me and their daddy fighting and, you know, me and my siblings having issues, you know, and, 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 and stuff, hostility and dysfunction, all of that reared its ugly head because what we sown into these children, we had to reap. But God said, don't throw them away. Don't you dare throw them away. One of my babies called me and was saying some stuff and I I feel like she purged everything she had to get off her chest. But it broke my heart. I mean, I cried for I, I, I just couldn't, couldn't stop reliving it, and I'm, I'm the one that, 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 you know, when it comes to my clients, I tell you to practice that drop. Don't be sitting up, dwelling on certain things all day, because what you think, all of that stuff is, is, is what's gonna put you into a depression. And what you dwell on is what you're going to think about. So I'm the first one to tell you to do the drop exercise. 
drop it. It's okay to think about it because you got to process through it, but drop it. Don't forget about it. Don't mean it don't exist. It don't mean that if you ain't processed through it completely that you can't pick it back up, but you got to drop it. But when I tell you I couldn't drop that thing, the words that she said to me, whoo, pierced my heart. But God said, you can't throw them away. I got to the point and I was like, look, I ain't got to put up with this. I ain't got to put up with this. I got my two boys. I ain't got to put up with the daddy. And I ain't got to put up with his kids. And you heard me right. I said his kids. Because when they made me mad, they was his. (laughs) I was ready ready to get up out of here. I can't believe I wasn't thinking about my my Puerto Rico. When I started plotting out my exit strategy. Thinking about cities and towns I can go to. Milan didn't even come up. Oh, wow. I must have really been mad. I was trying to get out of here quick. But you you cannot allow your issues with your family to, to take you to a place that you are ready to throw your family away. See, when we see our children jumping into sinly, you know, sinful lifestyles and situations and doing things, we have to continue to pray that God will cover them. We have to pray covering over our children. But don't don't cut them off. If you don't hear nothing else I'm telling you, don't cut them off. Even if, even if that means to pray for them in that transition period. Because even even right now, my son, he want I know he won't be coming over here. I know he won't be coming over here, but during that that season of transition, my posture is to pray. Now, I'm not going to say that I would or would not welcome him in the home, but the daddy, he ain't like me. But at the end of the day, while we're going through that, my posture has to be that of prayer because this is not just some fluke relationship. It's not just some uh, fling of a relationship. This is a long term. This is my son. These are my daughters, my sons, my children, my husband. For as long as I can't prove he cheat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, if he hear this, he going to be mad, but that's okay. He ain't going to be mad. He going to laugh. Lord, let him laugh. 
because he know he my cat. That's that's my homeboy. Our relationship is just change. It's changing. You know, we've been together almost thirty years, almost thirty years. You know, and at that point, you know, they go from boyfriend, boyfriend, husband to boyfriend, friend. Because I ain't gonna say boyfriend, brother, because we ain't gonna get into that. But it's, it, our relationship is evolving. And it's matriculating into something different. While at the same time, our relationship with the kids is evolving. It's changing. It's matriculating into something different. But we got to quickly try to fill in some of the gaps. Because that maturation is unable to happen. Until we go back and we fill in the holes of the foundation. It's like a, a game of, of, what is it, Jenga, 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 that they play when they pull those little blocks out and put them up, pull them out, put them up. And you pull the wrong one out and it all fall apart. The challenge with us is that we did not solidify the foundation that needed to be established in the family from the beginning to the end. And now, as we're experiencing things as hard as they are, we're seeing things come full circle. We're reaping what we've sown, but it's it's difficult. But we have to know That by faith, God will grace us to handle and to deal with the things that that we need to deal with, especially when it comes to wayward children. I don't care who you are, what you do, or where you're going. You, if you are somebody's child, which, which, uh, spoiler alert. If you're living and breathing, you somebody's child. And you have a parent. You must reverence and revere that parent with the utmost respect. Now, what I'm not saying, and let me be very clear, is that you need to suffer or endure abuse. Not in the least. But what I'm saying is that you must Respect your parent, especially, baby, if you got kids. Especially if you got kids. Because you are sowing into your future. You better ask somebody that know. Thanks for asking me. Because I bet you the conversation my mama was having with me a day ago was it? Yes, it was yesterday. When she called me. I bet you she was reflecting back on on dawn from the day. From back in the day. Like, baby, do you know? And and to be, you know, transparent and and to my children's credit, they weren't half as bad as I was in in my worst days now. 
in my worst days. I mean, they didn't, they didn't give me half of the problems that I gave my parents when I was, you know, coming up. But again, I always reconciled it in my head. That was a teenager. They in their 20s. <laughs> but I guess time don't mean nothing to nobody. But the point that I'm making is that if you're listening to me, children, 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 if you're somebody's child, always revere your parents. And if the relationship is salvageable, fix it. And if it's not, pray until it is and fix it. You know, I, I was feeling guilty, you know, as the days set in. I, I started feeling guilty because of the thoughts that was going on in, in my head about this situation and this family. I started feeling just real guilty, like, Lord, this ain't of God. Let me, oh, Jesus, let me redirect my thoughts. It was nerve-wracking when I tell you. It was nerve-wracking. Because when you think about the series of bad choices that that your children make when they're rebelling against you, rebelling against God, rebelling against the things that they... For what you know that you know. We cannot allow our emotions and our flesh to dictate how we engage with one another. We just we just cannot do it. I know you feel frustrated. I know you feel angry. I know you feel hurt. But when these kids start rebelling against God you better pray you better intercede you better increase your faith and believe that no matter what it looks like God is going to draw the family back together and what I was sharing earlier about my children being called to ministry. They, they, they are called to be servants of God's kingdom. I know it. I know it. I know it. And the enemy wants to sever the relationship so that he can separate us from the collective call that is on this family. He wants to separate us from the uh, indwelling and the impartation that God will give them through me. I, I, I mean, to, to know the problem, <laughs> to identify the problem, that's part of it, but, you know, finding a solution. So sometimes we know what the issue is. But when we get faced with it,
God knows the stress, the anxiety, the, the heartbreak that we go through. He he knows, he understands that. He knows that that, you know, and and like I said, I I don't I don't do a lot of embarrassment because I'm just like, hey, it is what it is. I'm who I am. Life is what it is, whatever. Plus my daddy raised us different. He's always say nobody can embarrass you but you. <laughs> nobody can embarrass you but yourself. But he knows the pain and the stress and the strain. And sometimes we gotta we have to be good with just that. That God knows. God knows because I kept racking my brain and like I said, just being uh, frustrated and it was nerve wracking because I was like why can't they hear me why don't they know what I'm trying to say why can't they see my heart why can't they and, and I'm talking about from the daddy to the last kid it has always been my uh, plea Don't y'all know I love y'all more than anything in this world? Anything in this earth? Why can't the love that I have for you translate into your acceptance? Your confidence and being and, you know, all of this. So, So God knows that. So don't give up. Don't give up. That's what I want to tell you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yesterday was yesterday. It happened. And 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 yes, it has to be addressed. It has to be challenged. That behavior has to be set and established as wrong. But don't give up. Press through the pain, press through the disappointment, press through the challenge. And 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 I'm not saying, listen. Some of us are at a state in our relationship with our children that things have been said, things have been done, and the situation is just so hostile that we cannot reconcile. So it may not be the time to speak or to talk in the natural to one another, but you can always pray. You can always go into that secret place, into your closet, and just pray and just... And just expel all to God. It's something about being able to be vulnerable and transparent before the Lord and saying, I'm hurt. Mama ain't supposed to hurt. Mama's supposed to be strong. Mama's supposed to be able to take it uh trying to, oh, my little nephew used to say, I, I eat those. <laughs> I 
I eat those. Him and my son will punch each other. Darius and, and Chucky. So I eat those. Mama's supposed to eat those. But sometimes we can't. We put a lot of pressure on one another and family to hold up and maintain, you know, certain uh, perceptions that we have that are not, it's not reality. It's not reality. The biggest challenge between my husband and I coming out of that situation was how he felt I should have reacted to my daughter and how I felt he should have reacted to my son. That was the biggest, the biggest challenge between the both of us. Now I have some other issues too. <laughs> Cause to be honest, I, I felt like I walked into something and I was like, uh, why was you even engaging? Why'd you even let it go there? Why was you drinking with the kid? But anyway, I ain't gonna go there. But that was that was the biggest challenge that he and I had. And it just hit me. When I was talking to my baby girl and, and we were recanting the situation. And I said, imagine, imagine how he feels. Imagine how it feels to be him in this situation with the expectations that we have and him not being able to fulfill it. And that was the path to me trying to empathize with everybody involved. My one baby, that's my rider. <laughs> she can't. She came in a situation. I was like, whoa. You know, like, this is my mama. Protect my mama. But when she shared with me how she felt, and this was this was the very first time that she said the things that she said, and, and like I said, they were in a different zone, all of them. They had come to the house. They did their little shots, whatever. All of them, I, I don't drink. But anyway, and I don't like, you know, when adults, when, when we have children especially, I don't like adults doing all that drinking when there's kids around. But, but either way, she was sharing some things and, and she was unfiltered. And it was raw. And it hurt my heart. And you know, I'm, I'm still the one. It is a way to do things. It's a right way and a wrong way. Now, respect is always required from my children to, to us as the parents. I don't care what the situation is. You always, you can, you can feel however you want. And you can, you know, address things that need to be addressed, but there's a way that you're always going to do it. And in the inappropriateness of how she handled it, I had to peel back to what 
the context, the content, the substance, the tangible, what it was that she was saying as she was pouring her heart out. Man. So I, I was right there with my baby. I said, I know. I know. I, I got it. I got it. But I didn't know that it affected you like this. So when I looked at everyone, and, and, and it was hardest for me to take that same approach with my son because of how things went that night. Because of what he did specifically to me, but then I had to take, I had to separate myself from the situation and I had to look at I had, to, I had to take the same approach. And to be honest, the whole conversation that led up to the events of that night, because like I said, it, it, it became hostile. They were, they were talking about the civil unrest. And like I explained earlier, you had all of these different perspectives which it would have been a beautiful thing had we been able to seek to understand. Eliminate right or wrong, but seek to understand the perspective of the other and then attach right or wrong, if that makes sense. But it became difficult for me to empathize with my son specifically. But then beyond that, as as more details were brought to me about what led up to those events, it was harder for me to empathize with, you know, his friends and the people that he had brought into my home. I started feeling some kind of way. But I had to separate myself from the situation and empathize with the individuals. No matter how heartbreaking it is, to have your children rebel against you. God is saying, even on this day, don't, don't, don't let them go. Don't cut them off. Don't cut them off. Continue to pray when you can't do nothing else, when you can't touch them, when you can't be around them, when you can't deal with them no more, pray. Because I tell you one thing, they belong to God. And, and and just like a mother who get fed up with a kid and you take that kid and put him on the on the uh, daddy porch. It's yours. You 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 deal with him. That you know that single mama. We gotta put him on the altar. 
And I don't mean don't, you know, set boundaries, don't deal with the issues. That's not what it means. It means you got to get them on the altar. Yeah, so it's a good thing. That little ding, ding, mean, I got a meeting about 15 minutes, less than 15 minutes. But I want to go ahead and wrap this up. So what we know what not to do. That's all I've been talking about today is what what not to do. And, and don't cut them off. So let's let's talk about what we ought to do. <laughs> what should we do? Number one. Take a lesson out of my book. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Because, see, the enemy uses that to give us a false sense of, you know, standards. Come on now. Who 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 don't have family issues? Who don't have, you know, situations? Don't be embarrassed. We, we were out. I ain't even going to tell y'all all that. Because I know y'all want to sip some tea. <laughs> Let's just say I ain't never in my life. And I and look, I was the one that wasn't drunk. I wasn't drunk. Came up out of all my, my little upper parts. <laughs> Got out there, I was, ooh, I was ready to go. In this nice little gated community. And I'm like, Lord, thank God my neighbors wasn't up. Because I'm sure they'd have called the police. But everybody out here got those uh, ring doorbells. You know, the uh, the ones that take the video. So, uh, I'm just going to put it like this. They may have had to uh, rate that one uh, TV mature. <laughs> I don't know how I can laugh today. I don't know. But, because um, yesterday I was just ooh, in a different space, in a different place. But, um, what was I talking about, y'all? I don't be making jokes that don't even be funny. But, but, but what you don't do, don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't let the enemy play that game with you. You know, we are all perfectly imperfect. So situations happen. They're going to come. They're going to go. You know, like my daddy said, they're growing pains. We got to learn how to navigate through life together in these different seasons of life, you know, you know, and my, and my husband, I love him, you know, and I don't know where we gonna be, you know, in the next month, year, weeks, I don't know. I'll let y'all know, because <laughs> what I'm learning is, as I go through these experiences, I need to be transparent and we walk through them together as a family so that we know that God, hey, it's, it's a word for that. It's a word for that. He, he's got a word. He's got something that will help us to um, structure our response. So I don't know where my marriage is going to be. I don't know where my relationship with my children are going to be, you know. But one thing I'm not going to be is embarrassed about a thing, especially if it ain't me. So the other thing is ask for support. Ask for prayer. Ask for support and prayer. 
you know, the first person I reached out to, you know, outside of my family, because when it when it happened, my girls were there. Me and my girls, we have a very tight knit, really close relationship. And and I do with all of my children, my sons as well. But you know, me and my girls, we just we just real tight. Sometimes we, <laughs> you know, we go at it, but for the most part. And so while this was happening, you know, I, I knew and I felt and I understood I had their support and we had come together, together and united together, you know, against this attack. But when, when you know, the day after, I didn't hesitate to, to reach out for support. The one that I knew, you know, my girl, my best friend, my sister. And and she know I'm there for her too. We just have that kind of relationship. And I didn't have to ask her to pray. I knew she was gonna pray. So don't be embarrassed. Ask for support. Ask for prayer. Pray. Don't don't be like my like my default me. Because I'm still a work in progress. I get so quiet. I remind myself of Elijah when he went down in that <laughs> in that dip of um in that cave when Jezebel was chasing him. He went down in a ditch rather. And hide himself. Well, that's me. <laughs> the other thing he he did. He said, look, this is only happening to me. Oh, woe is me. It's only happening to me. She done killed hundreds of prophets. He he talking about, it's me, Lord. But what did God tell him? He said, get up and eat because you're going to need your strength. You're going to need your strength. God didn't say, stay down there. I'll cover you. I, I empathize with your situation. So, you know what? Just stay on down there until you get yourself together. He said, uh-uh. No, we, you, you got to get some strength. And in our case, that strength is through the word of God. That, that food, what he was eating, equates to eat the word. Read the word. Get in there. You think... You think you dealing with an Absalom? You ain't the only one dealt with an Absalom. Absalom had a righteous indignation against his, his, his father. He was mad. He was angry. He said, wait a minute. My sister Tamar, my brother raped her. And because of your love for your child, you gonna let him rape? my sister and and you're not going to do anything against him it started out righteous he was on the he was on the right side but when he began to dishonor and rebel against his father that's when it got progressively worse he started standing at the gate everybody that passed him he got something negative to say about david Oh, this your king? What kind of king is he? What kind of man is he? 
He won't even confront his own son. He's less than a man. He's less than a king. He's less than a leader. You don't want to follow him. And the same love David had for his son that raped his daughter, he had for Absalom because he didn't want to do nothing to him. He said, no, I'll leave him alone. He, he, he's, he's angry. He's upset. I understand. But the people around him, they said, no, David, we can't. We can't let him keep doing that because it ain't just about you. It's bigger than just you and your ego and your ability to, you know, take the blows. This is a kingdom matter. And they took care of Absalom. You ain't the first one to have a prodigal son. You done worked your whole life to prepare something for them. And they turn around. And I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. And if you don't give it to me now... You know, so ungrateful and entitled. I ain't going to have nothing to do with you. Because all you are to me is what you can give to me. And you say, okay. <laughs> you want it now, I'm going to give it to you. They take it off and squander it and come back and want more. You ain't the first one. You ain't the first one to have a, 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 a child who is wise beyond their years. Most wise man to ever walk the face of the earth to have mental illness. Crazy out of his mind. Out of his mind. Solomon was, was mentally ill. Don't believe me? Y'all better get in Ecclesiastics. How you go from the Song of Solomon to Ecclesiastes? Come on now. That sounds like an undiagnosed labeled mental illness. <laughs> You're not the only one. You better get in your word. You want to ask somebody about Martha? Martha? And her son? Had to watch him give all of himself to a cause that he... he was what do you call him the 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 understudy he wasn't even the main character to have his head cut off come on you gotta get in your word. You better get in your word. You better get in your word. And I said, uh, 
Martha, I meant Elizabeth. I meant Elizabeth, John's mother. That's that's who I'm talking about. She had to watch, she had to watch her son. And a lot of us, we watch our kids playing second fiddle. Dedicating everything to, to these that they connect themselves with. You you ain't, and that was a righteous call, but you ain't the first one. Y'all better get in your word. Y'all better get in your word. Don't blame yourself. Do not stop blaming yourself for everything. Listen, and my sister tells me this all the time. She said, I'm I'm not gonna be, I'm not going to be subject to emotional blackmail. <laughs> I did what I did. I, if I was wrong, I was wrong. I did the best I could with what I had. And I'm proud of what I've done. Stop blaming yourself. We make mistakes. You know, and as children, we are more responsible for those mistakes in our children. I mean, as their children, we are more responsible for their mistakes because we're still rearing them. But once they become adults, at some point, baby, you just got to know mama was imperfect. But now you got to fill in the gaps. The Bible tells us to train up a child in a way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. That what that means is that how we train them up. Just like I said, when I I went through my situation and I was feeling some kind of way, but then my mother spoke to me and it made me feel better because of how she trained me and I could relate to the things that she was saying because how she trained me. I didn't depart from what I knew. Trust God to bring health and wellness into the dysfunction. Distinguish between helping your children and enabling your children. Now that's that's a line that I I'm 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 working on it, y'all. Pray for me. I'm I'm working on it because sometimes I am the biggest enabler. <laughs> and my baby, she told me she said I'm not gonna tiptoe around my mama house. And I'm thinking to myself, I've been tiptoeing around you. <laughs> You know, because I, it's certain things I just don't want to damage my children. And then, you know, other things I'm like, okay, you know, especially when the babies come into play. I'm like, I don't want to have an issue with them. And then, you know, risk not being able to see my grandbaby. So you ain't going to tiptoe, but I've been tiptoeing. <laughs> just so you know. 
So we got to know the difference between am I helping or am I enabling behavior that is not godly? Now I'm going to tell you, today is not the day, but there's going to come a time where we're going to have to address the behaviors. We're going to have to set the boundaries. We're going to have to, you know, recant what occurred because this is something that it, it was a it, it's a devastating blow to our entire family. It is something that we just have to establish. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not here. Not here. Remember I told y'all, you know, I was making my children idols in my life. I was making them out into gods. <laughs> because I loved them obsessively. And it just, it killed me that they couldn't, in my mind, in my heart, and in my actions, I felt like I was loving them obsessively, but they weren't feeling the love. Ain't that something? Still felt rejected. The other thing is when when you're dealing with these challenging times, and I'm and, and the topic today, we're talking about our relationships, our family relationships, especially around how we relate to our children. If I wasn't clear on what we're talking about. When we go through those horrific experiences with our children who are rebelling against the structure and the order of the family. When we go through those challenges, you know, the first point is don't throw them away. Don't throw them away. But what do you do? What do you do? So that's what we're talking about now. But don't forget the rest of the family. Don't forget, this thing that happened to us last weekend, it was traumatic. Traumatic for everybody. So don't forget the rest of them. Everybody's suffering through something. Everybody's suffering through something. So don't forget, I can't forget my baby boy. My two boys who watched this. Never seen this before. They watched it. (laughs) So what do you do? When you've done all you can, what do you do? You just stand. You just stand. You just stand. All right. So I was saying, don't don't forget about the rest of the family. Don't forget about uh, the others. You know, one one of the challenges, remember, with the prodigal son, was that here you had this younger brother who was, you know, going around with his sense of entitlement and wanting his uh, inheritance now went and swandered it off and then came back and the father you know threw him a party where you had the other son who 
was there all the time, still working, still doing what he's supposed to do, still honoring the father. You know, he felt some kind of way. You know, don't don't forget about the other children in the home. You know, it's, it's hard when you're dealing with those who are rebelling against uh, the structure of the family. And like I said, you know, the, the dynamics change and they shift when you're um, parenting, parenting adults. You know, it, it, it shifts. But at the same time, you have those who will rebel against the authority of the parents for whatever reason. And sometimes it's from, you know, mistakes that we've made as parents in the past, you know, misuse and abuse of our authority. And, you know, <clears throat> and we got to we got to rebuild the relationship. You know, we got to rebuild the trust and, and establish the relationship. But anyway, the point that I'm making is don't forget the other children. You know, you, you when when you're dealing with. Um, a crisis sometimes you focus on what's on fire versus you know that little simmer in the corner that's just you know starting to boil over and, and smoke up and it's festering a, a, a small fire um, you know so, so don't forget the other children you know don't put all your focus on that rebellious one Get a fine balance. God will help you uh, find that balance. And, and most of it is, and, and I'm just going to tell you the truth, most of that balance is trusting God. Trusting God. You know, stop feeling like you have to do it. That's the biggest thing for me. I always feel like I need to fix something. My husband gets on me, you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you can't always fix it. You know, sometimes we just have to hand it over to God and say, Lord, you know, I'm at the point of my weakness. I need you to be my strength. I don't know which way to go. And if you don't guide me or lead me or direct me, I will not move. Sometimes we just got to be silent and just rest and wait. Other times it's time to speak up, but you have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. He will never lead you in the wrong direction. The other thing is, you know, we we got to realize the change in our parenting approach. Like I said, you know, parenting adults is totally different than parenting, you know, little, little infants, toddlers, you know, adolescents, teenagers. You know, when they become adults, it's totally different. You know, they, they will remove themselves emotionally from your authority they they just they sometimes they'll they'll cut it off and uh, we have to build on the foundation that we've established with them whether it's broken or you know um, full or, or whatever we have to build on that uh, because the authority does not, it doesn't leave. The approach is what shifts and changes. The authority does not change. You are always mama. You are always daddy. And there is a, a an honor and a level of respect that is due to you. That will never change. But the approach by which um, 
we rear our children and we chasten them and, and we, you know, add consequences to their misbehavior, that changes. You know, once they become an adult, you know, you, you the relationship is different. The other thing, and this is this is one that me and my husband, we we have to, you know, if we decide to continue on in the marriage and in the relationship, we have to build a unified front. You have to have a unified front. And and my kids don't do it as much as adults as they did when they were younger, you know, but sometimes dumb boogers, they will play the parents against each other. And um, I carried a lot of uh, my childhood baggage into my parenting and into my relationship, you know, with my kids and as much as I, you know, I, I always vow, I ain't going to ever whoop them. When I'm mad, I ain't going to ever, you know, say certain things to, to damage them or break them because of the things that I went through. Now, I'm not going to say I was 100% successful, but we on the 80-20 rule. <laughs> but, but one of the things, one of the hardest things for me uh, as a partner to my husband and, and partnering to parent our children was allowing him to discipline our children. And, you know, I look back on it, sometimes I get so frustrated with him because he'll be, um, I'm not going to say negligent, you know, or neglectful. It's just that he, he taps out. He taps out. And I get so frustrated, but I'm reminded, you know, that during those development, developmental stages, I was the one. Uh-uh. You, you, <laughs> you're not going to hit mines. You know, you're not going to whoop them. And not to say that they didn't get whoopings or they didn't get hit. And sometimes I, I relented. But for the most part, I was that mother. You know, so much so my uh, mother-in-law, she, she would tell me, even if you got to go in another room and shut the door and just, you know, plug your ears or, or just don't listen, you know, you got to allow him to discipline his children. And uh, I didn't I didn't heed that advice or that wisdom, you know, um, at 100 percent. I wasn't perfect in that. But it helped me along the way sometimes, you know, sometimes I'd have to kind of back up and let him, you know, uh, discipline the kids. And other times I'd just be like, uh-uh, no. Especially after, you know, the girls got to a certain age, you know. It was like, uh-uh, no, they they, they a little too old now. You know, with his sons, it's different. But you have to build that unified front. And how do you do that when you have two contra- contrasting uh, viewpoints on parenting. You know, my husband, you know, he he's the buddy old pal and I'm I'm the strong disciplinarian, you know, and, and it wasn't always like that, but like I said, just through circumstances and fights we would have raising the kids, you know, we just kinda got into those positions, you know, and now uh when I'm getting on the boys, the two that's in the house you know, my husband just kind of sits back. 
you know, I told him one time, I said, look, if I'm going to be on the front lines, I just need you to back me up. How about that? Uh, <laughs> but how, how do you do that um, when you have two contrasting viewpoints? Uh, I believe that, you know, by default, you know, we have to fall subject to the head. You know, subject to the head. My husband is the head. You know, he's the head of the family. He's the head of the household. You know, so I have to fall in line uh, with his approach. Y'all see, I stuttered. <laughs> we were we were talking the other day, and and it was something he was sharing with me, and he, you know, he was very um, matter of fact and direct. I don't want you you know, doing such and such concerning him and his kids. And I, I told him, I, you know, I have to respect that. I have to respect that. I can't come in between your relationship with your children. And if you tell me directly, and I was like, but if you wouldn't have told me directly, <laughs> I probably would have made my way into it. But anyway, the point is when you have a spouse, when you are in a relationship, when you are married, as with anything, you have to uh, build a unified front and you have to demonstrate that. Uh, back to my conversation with my mother, everybody knew through no uncertain terms. I don't care who you were, what you were about, Butch wasn't going to let nobody Nobody. He he did a lot of things, but he wasn't gonna let nobody disrespect or, you know, uh, disregard, harm, any of that towards my mother, and and my mother, Dorothy, Elaine. Yeah, <laughs> she wasn't gonna let nobody do anything to my dad, you know. And as we were talking, and this is you know this is public knowledge, public knowledge. Everybody who knows us knows. And my mother, you know, and my father, they they rolled for each other. Didn't matter what they went through, but they were a united front. And my mother made the comment, she said, you know, if somebody, you know, she made it known to my dad, if somebody come for you, they coming for us. And she said it in her, her own words, but she almost said dumb exact words. <laughs> it is funny because my mother is a very uh, passive and gentle person. Uh, but when she when she got to go there, she got to go there, you know. But but she's very clear about that. Um, my husband and I we 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 got some ways to go in that and 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 full transparency, you know. When it comes to my kids, I got some ways to go, <laughs> you know, with that united front. But if you want to know how to fix it. That's how you fix it. That's what you got to do. You got to build a united front. And not only that, you have to build boundaries. You got to build boundaries. You got to build boundaries. Uh, I, You know, sometimes my kids have a challenge with me and they, Ma, you always think you're right. You don't listen to what we say. We, you know, we feel like you, you know, you, you want to be this or you want to be offended or you want to da, 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 da. No, 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 no. I have a set boundary and there are guardrails for our relationship. 
And while I will never, ever, ever, ever leverage my authority over you in a negative and a demeaning or a derogatory way, you have to respect me as your mother. You have to respect your father as your father. And you cannot talk to me any kind of way. We could, you know, we could discuss ideals or or situate whatever, but it's how you come about it. It's how you talk to me. And, And, you know, it's just so funny that these things are so ingrained in me as an individual. While I didn't subscribe to them, you know, in the early years of my life, uh, but I've become accustomed to it because even as I was talking to my mom and, you know, she was saying, look, for her, it, it there's no uh, gray area. It's very black and white, very black and white. There is a line that must be drawn when it comes to respect, you know, and like she said, you, you can, we can talk about your feelings or we can talk about, uh, you know, how you perceive things, but what you're not going to do is disrespect me and you're not going to disrespect me in my home, you know, of of all places. But anyway, uh, you have to set those boundaries. One of the things when I, in retrospect, when I look back on that day uh, and how things began to progress, you know, I think about how I should have, I, in my mind, One of the things that I never thought I'd be faced with is my children drinking in my home. I don't even like them drinking wine, let alone taking shots and stuff like that. And that's always been kind of like a, a, it's it's been a, a rule for me, a rule of engagement, you know, in my home, you know, that my husband just didn't he didn't see it the same way because he he drinks I'm just a non-drinker I don't understand nothing about it I don't know how people like to drink and make y'all loopy and you know sick and all of that so I never understood it but my husband is more open to it so because he allowed the children to you know drink if they come around they drink or whatever I never pushed in that area but having this situation uh occur one of the boundaries is y'all won't be drinking in my house (laughs) y'all won't be drinking now you know a, a little taste of wine or you know uh maybe a beer or something like that but but I'm talking about that hard liquor stuff Mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. Never again. It won't happen in my house. Uh, you know, so setting those boundaries, you know, I had to tell uh, my children that because things can escalate and things go in a different direction, when I start to see them going there, I'm going to stop the conversation because you have not reserved the right to disrespect me or talk to me a particular way and if it starts going left I got to get it right so we will end the conversation so establishing those boundaries and as adults they can make their own decisions you know because you can decide to adhere to my boundaries and those guardrails and continue to have a a relationship with me or, or you can decide not to But it's important 
Because that is that is an active way that we are able to, to translate or communicate our essence or our beings to one another is when we set those boundaries. Because how do I know? How do I how do I know what's um acceptable to you except you tell me so setting boundaries is very very important you can't have any and everybody at my house I love to entertain I told y'all I love to serve but if, if, if your friends are unruly or they don't uh, respect my home or my children they're not welcome And I love my husband. I love my children. But you will not disrespect your parent because the word of God tells us to honor thy mother and father. It didn't say honor your good mother, your good father, the one that you can agree with everything they did. They were so perfect. No. It said honor your mother and your father. And then it gave you a promise. That your days will be extended. Now, see, to me, that's enough right there. That was that was enough for me. No matter what I went through with my dad, I gave him respect. He, oof, <laughs> he used to give me a run for my money. But after a certain age, nobody in this world can tell you that I argued with, got up in his face, or tried to, you know. Buck up again? Mm-mm. Nope. Didn't happen. Those are boundaries that we must set. And of course the word of God said don't provoke your children. But in, prov- in not provoking them, that doesn't mean... Don't hold them accountable. That's not, you don't have to be rude or demanding or or abusive or manipulative. You don't have to do any of that. Just hold them to a standard. But don't let something like that back you down and make you feel like you, you don't, uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't enforce your boundaries. Mm -mm, Nope. Don't let don't let people manipulate you like that. And what about dealing, you know, with your feelings? Be be mature. You have to have emotional maturity when you deal with children cuz sometimes it's it's hard. And I find myself even lately <laughs> I get right on their level. We ain't on their level. We're not we're not on their level. And it's it's not a negative thing. It's not saying that we're better or worse. It's just saying that we are as as the leader or as the authority or as the parent. There's there's just a level of maturity that we should have that may be elevated either slightly or, or widely over our children. So that anger and you know grief and sorrow and depression. You know, learn how to manage those. Learn how to deal with those, the guilt, 
Because see, if you don't get that in check, the enemy will allow that, I mean, will use that, leverage that against you. And when that fear sets in, just know that God, he, he loves our children more than we ever can. He loves them. He, through his loving kindness, he will constantly draw them. I became such a companion of fear when it came to my children. Every time they left off the house, I'd be so scared. Every time they go up the highway or go somewhere, I'd be so scared. But I have to know that God loves our children. And he's going to prepare for them a brighter future. And where they are now is not where they will be. I just use myself as the example. I reinvented myself so many times over the years when it came to, you know, just growing and maturing. I'm nowhere near the dawn. And that <laughs> that's part of the problem. A lot of my family members, they, you know, some of them, I wish they had memory loss. <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of them know too much. Y'all remember too much. And you think I'm the same one that I was back when I was, but I'm not. Totally different person. Totally different person. And when I think about my children, you know, I have to remember that. And and really, if you if you consider it, they are the best and the worst of who we are. <laughs> they got the best qualities and the worst qualities. Sometimes I'll slow walk my children into their maturity. I I I'll walk right beside them because I know how many times people just cut me off and just, you know, wouldn't do it, wouldn't deal with me because I was rough around the edges. I didn't want to listen. I, I rebelled. I rebelled against rejection. I rebelled against abuse. I rebelled against, you know, just feeling like I was unworthy. And all of that manifested through aggression, anger, bitterness, bad attitude, fighting. But it wasn't many who were in a position of authority over me that would slow walk me to it. So that's why sometimes even when people tell me, you need to <laughs> let them look. See you when I see you. Let them go on. And sometimes I say, well, no, nah, I got to I slow walk them to it. God gave me a thick enough skin. But once they get to a point where they thick enough, I might whack them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but y'all know what I'm saying. The bottom line is we are family. And we have real issues. We got some serious gunk, goobly gop, and gook in the pipes. And we need to get in there and clear it out. God needs to purge a lot of this 
you know, out. I don't have the answer because we're not, we're not where I desire for us to be. And when I say we, I'm talking about my unit, my husband, my children, my grandchildren, you know. But I believe we'll get there because I am open to God's direction. And I want him to have his way. And we are so fortunate that we got first row seats. <laughs> we don't have to watch it from a bird's eye view. We got front row seats. We're right here in the midst and watching God take this family from shattered to whole to a shining representation of what God intended family to be. I declare that from the husband to the children to the wife to my grandbabies. I believe it and I believe God is working it despite what we've been through. All right, so this has gone longer than I thought and it's probably about a couple of hours long. So if you got to break it up, break it up. But listen, listen, because this is some good stuff. It's some good, good stuff. Get in your word. Get before the throne. And let's make sure we keep the family together. All right. I'm going to come back later today and we're going to pray for the family. I love you all. Bye-bye.